0: Good morning, everybody. On Thursday nights in Satellite, we have prayer time every week, that that time of just self-reflection, being alone with God. And most of the time, I participate, close my eyes and pray, but sometimes I look around the room and I pray over our young adults. And there is nothing sweeter than seeing 18 to 25-year-olds, some a little bit older, just alone with God in a room. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about, but what a blessing that is. Thank you, band. I do want to say the Thompsons are mentors in satellite, so they're there on Thursday night. You notice a lot of other players are there on Thursday night. So I just want to take this opportunity um, (coughs) to look in the eyes and invite Claudia to come on Thursday nights. She can come be a mentor, she can be participate. In fact, I want to open the invitation to anybody, if you want to come check out Satellite, uh, pick a Thursday and come hang out with our young adults and they'll make you a little bit younger. Thank you TJ, be praying for TJ, appreciate his leadership and it is tough. He was in my house yesterday for like eight hours, we were doing schoolwork, uh, trying to keep on task. And it's a, it's a tough thing he's doing, busy with school, busy with all of this, busy being a 22-year-old. And here's what it means, and my young adult people will understand, being 22 is like running full steam at the horizon. As fast as you can, doing everything you can along the way. Only there's somebody older than you who's tied your shoes together. That is exactly what it's like to be a young adult in our culture. So thank you, TJ. Um, This is a tough gig this morning, following Jared, Pastor Jared, a couple weeks ago, and Pastor Michael last week, Pastor Tim will be up this week, and ultimately all of us are following Pastor John as closely as we can. It's like when he says, follow me as I follow Christ, it means that whatever he does, we do, and that is an amazing journey as well. It's like running full steam ahead at the horizon, only somebody has tied your shoes together. Didn't get any more laughs that time than the first time. That's okay. (laughs) Preparing for this um, is crazy because this morning I woke up several times, probably like 16 times. I didn't count, but 16 times having dreams. And one of the dreams that, that haunts me or that woke me up is that I was late. For some reason, I was at the office and Becca Tilly was driving, but I was late. And we had to make a couple of stops along the way, and I got here right at... Um, right at the time that I thought it was supposed to start and then found out that it started 10 minutes before. And it wasn't just like somebody filled in for me and then I got here, it was like they brought John off vacation to come back and preach because I, I was like, oh man, this Monday's going to be tough. So I didn't sleep very well last night. So you guys are getting tired, Corey, which is kind of crazy. It's like me running full steam ahead. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> If you're watching from home, I want to say welcome. I want to welcome you. Thank you for participating in our worship service. What an incredible time it is to be together here in this room. And when you multiply what's going on in this room by the number of people, this many and more that are watching at home, it is a blessing to be Grace Community Church. I am so blessed by all of you guys, those at home, those here, those in the student center. It's going to be a great day. If you are watching from home, I'm going to apologize. We do have a camera operator and she does a great job. But um, it's going to be an art this morning because sometimes I move around a little bit and I'm trying to stay anchored. But it may be a little tough. So if you get an angle of me off to the side of your TV screen, just embrace it. Try to keep up. It's good. <laughs> We're going to be in Colossians 1 this morning, 15 through 23. So if you're getting your Bibles ready, I also want to thank um, a few more people. The, the sound people I brought up, the camera operator, the sound people, Ben. Ben. Um, Ben 's incredible he doesn't often get a lot of attention he doesn't like a lot of attention so nobody look back there right now because later i 'll deal with it but thank you Ben Ben puts up with me he sanitizes my mic every week and he knows how it 's done so I appreciate you ben ben is is in satellite every week, but he, he's thirty years old so um, yeah Ben's been around the church since he was since he was in diapers he may have been born here, but he's been around the church since he was in diapers, which is like nine years ago. Um, Ben gets it. He's 30. We work with satellite people, so he gets that joke a little better than some. Colossians 1, 15 through 23. We're not going to talk too much about something in particular that's obvious in our culture um, that's going on in our world today. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I'll mention it a couple times. Probably it's hard not to live in a pandemic and mention it, but I do have a question. How many people... I got the Amber Alert the other day that your life's been adu- abducted. <laughs> I got that. Scared me a little bit. Some of you posted about it, yeah. So first, I'm sorry, Colossians 1, it's n- not a stand-up routine, but I got a few laughs this morning. It's good. I'm practicing for my next gig if things don't go well this morning. <laughs> Colossians 1:15. he is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation. And of course, we're talking about Jesus. Not only is it the season right now to talk about Jesus, but it is always the season to talk about Jesus. So let's read more. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. And he goes on in Colossians, and I challenge you to read it this week, read all of Colossians 1 this week, because he goes on in Colossians to tell you who he is as the overseer and pastor, as well as what his calling was. And he follows that, if you go further and go into Colossians 2, he follows that by saying who all of us are, who we are. And this morning's message is, is about the overview of this, not verse by verse, what this means to us. So my points this morning fit in with this very, very well, and we need to hear it, but I'm not going to go verse by verse this morning, and I hope you understand that. Because there's a message that we need to hear. In the culture we're living in, in the things we're doing, there's a message that I need to hear. And my first point this morning is this. It's simply this. It's not about me. It's not about me. Now, what does that mean? It's not about Corey. (laughs) As a child, growing up in a poor family, it was never about me. It was always about something else going on. My parents' divorce, financial struggles, a dirty house, neighbors who were having problems, And I was this invisible kid. And I have a vivid, vivid memory of being seven years old and feeling like nobody could see me. That is what it really means to say it's not about me. As a child, it wasn't about me. So I want you to know, and I want to be a little bit transparent with you, I still struggle with this a little bit. Um, I struggle both with the spotlight of being up front and with not getting enough attention. So when I prepare for a message on Thursday or even this morning, I want the young adults of our church, I want you guys to like me. When I'm preparing this message, I often get distracted from the word of God with how you guys are going to feel about me. As a person, as a preacher, how you guys will receive me and that kind of takes up a lot of my attention. See I want you to enjoy my style, I I hang out with young adults so I try to dress a little younger but I want you guys to enjoy that and not be distracted by that. I want you to like who I am. I want you to be able to see me and my wife. And you're going to like my wife if you know where everybody likes Sarah. And sometimes that's challenging because, again, I feel invisible. But she's beautiful, so that's okay. But I also want you to like how I preach. When I give you the word this morning, I want you to leave here thinking, Wow, he was pretty good. He did an okay job. But you know what? Scripture tells me that everything that I do... I am to do unto the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31, if you want to look it up. This morning, I shouldn't worry about how I look or what you think of me. I should plan, prepare, and practice Absolutely. I should plan, prepare, and practice. We should do that in everything we want to do well. Whether we're doing it for people or doing it for God, and we should be doing it for God, but we should plan, prepare, and practice. That is my advice to you. That's my advice to everybody in this room, especially the young adults who are in here. You want to be successful. Plan, prepare, and practice. You can't overdo any of those things. But I, this morning, should be available to the Holy Spirit to be a vessel. Something that the Holy Spirit God, through me, speaks to all of you. So while you hear my voice this morning, I really hope you're hearing from God. I should worry about presenting the gospel or at least a discipleship-worthy application of the word. I should worry about those things. I should think about those things. But what I shouldn't worry about is me because it's not about me. It's never about me. Everything I, sh- I do, I should do unto the glory of God. And my second point <laughs> probably will be a little less popular than the first. <laughs> but my second point is this. It's not about you. It's not about you. Now, listen, some of y'all make it about you and you know who you are, and you know what I'm going to say right now. It's not about you. I see social media. I have conversations. I know how much about you, you make it. Now listen, I admitted first and foremost that it's not about me, and I struggle with that. I don't want to be invisible. You don't want to be invisible either, and I get that, but it's not about you. When you came this morning or you tuned in online saw that it was me or we sang a particular song or something happened did you tune out? No Pastor John this morning no need to be here. God has something for you. Did you not like the songs we sang this morning? God has something for you. don't like sitting in your own chairs, God has something for you. You don't like social distancing, wearing masks, or sanitizing all the time, or hearing about it from other people, God has something for you. And here's what God has for you this morning, a bumper sticker, a t-shirt, lipstick on your mirror at home, whatever it takes, it's not about you. That's what God has for you this morning. It's not about you. Whether you eat, drink, listen to a sermon, participate in worship, sit in your own chair, wear a mask, sit by yourself, over-sanitize your hands, stay happy and healthy or mad and maniacal, you are to do it unto the glory of God. Because it's not about you. And it's not about me. Tough words to hear. That invisible child in me, which may be true of you too, comes out and I want it to be just a little bit about me. Even if it's about God in me. Someone's praising God, I wanna say, hey, I'm here. I'm a believer too. I'm praising God too. I don't sound good doing it. You sound beautiful, I don't sound good at all, but it's about me a little bit. Can it be? Sometimes I pray to God, God, will this person just notice me or pay attention to me? Can I just get a little bit of affirmation? Can I just get a little bit of confirmation? Can I just get a little bit of attaboy? And I think to myself, God, thank you for being patient. And when I prepare messages like this, when I read through Colossians, and I hear myself saying it, it's not about you. And I hear myself saying it, it's not about me. In those moments where I wanna make it all about me, I have to step back and I need people in my life that are gonna help me do that. Colossians, like I said, reading further in 2, 8 through 10, I just want to read a couple of the things. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. We came through thankful season, and now we're in the season of celebrating the birth of Jesus. How thankful are you for the life you've been given? for the home you go home to, for the car you drive, for the people that surround you, for the health that you have, for the healing that you've experienced. How thankful are you? How thankful are you that that happened? How many of you, when you were sick and got over it, said, oh, it was just a minor head cold. It wasn't that bad, my body foddered off, I'm super tough. But how many of you looked people in the face and said, glory to God, I came through it? Because a lot of people are not. You've been healthy this whole time? How many of you have said, glory to God, I've been healthy? I can share that with you. Glory to God, I've been healthy. I am the sickliest person I know, and I have managed on some level to have the prayer life. I don't want to put that on you, so I'm going to take that back. But I have managed on some level to avoid this. I don't know how. Maybe I got it and I was asymptomatic. I hear that has happened. Um, But a lot of people around me have had it. That's not on me. I haven't kept myself healthy. I've done nothing different. I've done nothing to do that. that that's God. And for whatever reason, maybe my body wouldn't be able to heal from it maybe pastor tim and the other people in the office are way stronger than i am so they th- they uh, healed from it maybe that's the reason why i haven't got it i don't know someday i'll ask paul i have a uh, list of questions i'm going to ask paul when i get to heaven <laughs> A few people know me really well. We've had conversations, and they're laughing particularly hard this morning because they know some of the questions on that list. Like, um, yeah, no, I'm not going to go into it. I'm getting a nod. Don't, don't do it. I'm getting a, yeah, don't do it. So, moving forward. We know the answer to the third question. If you've been in the Turner Sunday School class or anybody else's Sunday School class, it's a pretty easy question. So if it's not about me, Pastor Corey, if it's not about you in general, who's it about? We can answer that question really easy. It's about Jesus. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. The reason for this season, the reason for every season the preeminent Jesus, the supreme Jesus, the one and only Jesus. That's who it's about. And if that doesn't excite you, let's talk. Because I want to tell you all he's done for me in my life. And I want to help you see all he's done for you in your life. It is about Jesus. It's not me. It's Jesus in me. It's not you. It's Jesus in you. When you give a gift this Christmas, give it in the name of Christ. Whatever gift it is, you've bought it with the money you earned and worked hard for. So it could be an inexpensive gift that packs a lot of punch, that means something to the person you're giving it to, or it could be a brand new car or a brand new house, however big you want to get. If you're giving out those gifts, let me give you my name and address. Um, But it could be anything. But when you give it, give it in the name of Christ. This isn't from me, but this comes from the many riches that God has placed in my heart, big or small, expensive or inexpensive. This comes from God, God has blessed me so that I too can bless you because it's not about me and it's not about you, it's about Jesus. Teach your children that the the gifts under the tree doesn't mean mom and dad are successful and that we're happy and healthy, and that we have a good life. Teach them that the gifts under the tree are from God. And give them gifts year-round, so that that Christmas tree isn't something that's in the center of your house that they're worshiping on Christmas morning. So it's not something that distracts them from worshiping the God of all creation, from worshiping the preeminent Jesus. I recently had a conversation, the Olsons bought a 70-inch TV screen, and they're going to be embarrassed that I share with you probably. No, their neighbors did. Sorry, that's even better. Because I almost said that wrong, and Paul would be like, it wasn't us, it was the neighbors. We're keeping the same TV as we redo things. But their neighbors bought a 70-inch TV. And I recently had a conversation with them, and I know, you know, we are excavating um, ruins all over the world, and when we dig stuff up, we make judgments based on what we find and how things are, right? Um, how they're located. when people someday walk into our homes, what are they going to think we worship? What are they going to think about us? If someone who knew nothing of the American culture walked into your home, walked into your living room right now, our altar would show that we worship whatever comes out of that square box in the middle of our living room. That's what they would think about us. If they walked into our home right now during this season, they would see a beautiful tree decorated with lights My wife did it, so it is beautiful. They would see a beautiful tree decorated with lights, and as we get closer to Christmas, there'll be presents under it. Just a few this year. We don't have an exchange student in our home because of everything going on, so we're saving some money, that's good. Um, But there's there's a beautiful tree and there'll be a few presents under it. What do you think people who didn't know us or didn't know our culture would think we worshiped? What are we leaving? What's our legacy? How are we talking to our children? What are we teaching them this season? That it's about me, that it's about them, or that it's about Jesus. You see, for me, I was an invisible child. And nothing hurts more than not being seen when you're young. At school, at home, I felt like nothing I did could, could grab attention. I have a, a, a memory of me, I think I started to share it earlier. Seven years old, standing in the kitchen on a step stool that I had dug up doing dishes. And I was doing them because nobody else was and I I wanted a bowl of cereal for dinner. And there were other things going on in the house. There were people walking up the streets. The neighbors were out. I could see smoke coming from someone's backyard because they were having a big, beautiful barbecue. And as I looked out that front window, I felt more invisible than I ever had. And I made myself a promise at 7 years old that when I was old enough, I wouldn't live this way anymore. That this wouldn't be the life I lead. When I shared that story with my mother, it broke her heart. Because My mother tried hard, again, divorce. she worked a lot of jobs, it broke her heart. Don't let your children feel invisible. You're not the king of your house, though, or the queen of your house and your children aren't the little princes and princesses, we need to teach that it's not about us, it's not about them, it's about Jesus. We need to teach when we come here on any given Sunday morning or when we join high school ministry whenever they meet or satellite on Thursday nights, we need to teach that it's not about the person presenting the word, it's about the word. That it's not about the person singing the worship, that it's about the worship of God. We need to teach those things, and we need to prepare ourselves in the next generation to worship God in spirit and in truth. I was an invisible child, and on, if I'm being honest with you, on most days I still feel invisible. I don't want to feel that way. I don't want you to feel that way. It's not a good feeling. And if I can help it, if there's anything I can do to help you not feel invisible, please reach out to me. I want to help and anyway, I will tell you you're awesome, that you're a rock star. I will text you every day some swarm of some form of of confirmation or affirmation for your life if you're feeling invisible. Not for the rest of your life, that's a big commitment, but for whatever time it takes to help you not feel invisible anymore. But you know what? I'm not invisible to Jesus. You're not invisible to Jesus. And it's not about me, it's not about you. It is 100% tried and true about Jesus. If you're not in his word regularly, you're not making it about Jesus. If you're not in some form of church here or online hearing the word regularly, it's not about Jesus. If you don't engage in worship regardless of whether or not you know the song or like the song or have any it or your influence at all by the song, if you don't engage in worship of God, it's not about Jesus. If you spend more time thinking about people and how they're doing their life and how they're different from you, then you spend thinking about God, it's not about Jesus. This is a season to give gifts, and the best gift you can give your church is to acknowledge that it's about God to acknowledge people, to bless people, not because you want the affirmation yourself, but because God's called us to do that. Because God wants you to do that. Any given week, I I shared with you, I feel invisible. I don't want my inbox to be flooded, so I'm going to deflect a little bit here. John's, Pastor John is an incredible pastor, and he's caring for his wife this week, and they'll be doing some vacation, but he'll be in and out of the office. If you want to flood an inbox this Christmas, if you want to give gifts this Christmas, send him words of encouragement. You know how often we hear the things that people don't like? You know, if if you're a boss or something, you know how often we hear the things that people don't like? Not often do we hear something that you like, and I think if there's probably two or three a month that say, wow, this could have been better, There's probably several hundred that think that was great. I worshiped God, I learned about God, and it was incredible. So if you want to give a gift this Christmas, if you want to help somebody to not be invisible or not feel invisible, don't flood my inbox. Flood John's, Pastor John's. He carries a lot during this time. I know someone just laughed like, oh, he's going to appreciate that a lot. (laughs) He carries a lot during this time. This is his flock. This is his responsibility, God-given responsibility. I appreciate so much him allowing me to be up here and share my heart with you this morning. As the worship band comes up, I want to pray for you. I want to give you a gift this Christmas. It's not about presents. Parents, you don't have to buy any presents for your children all the children are like, "We're out. Like there's a church up the street that's got to be better than this." <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to buy any presents for your children. But when you do, make sure you share with them the gifts that God has given before they unwrap the gifts that you're giving. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this church. This church that at the age of 22, God, when I came to this church, I was absolutely nothing. I will be the first to admit it. I knew nothing about you. I had so much growth that that was necessary. And God, this church loved me, embraced me, and for the next 28 years, molded and shaped me into the person I am today. And God, you did that through them, and I am so appreciative. I could name names and the list would be long. And this morning, everybody who's here, God, I pray that they would feel your presence through the worship we sing, through the word that we read. But most of all, through the relationship they have with you. And if anybody is struggling in that relationship, I pray that they would get help, that they would reach out to me or other people on the pastoral staff or the worship band. God, I pray that they would make their lives known, that they would not feel invisible, that this is a struggle they have to face by themselves. And if anybody here doesn't know you this morning, Father God, I pray that you would just pour out your spirit on them right now, that you would change their lives. For people watching at home, God, I pray that you would change their lives, that if they're struggling with this isolation, this time that they find themselves in, that they would find fellowship and community, whether it be through a phone call or a back and forth on email, God, that they would reach out, that they would let people know that they're feeling invisible. God, I pray your blessing upon our worship and the word we've read this morning that something would come out of it. Not because I'm here or because the band's here, but because, God, you're present. Thank you for the way you dwell amongst us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray this morning. Amen.